Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, we haven't had story time here at Section 420, Talking Yankees, in a while just because we've been pretty busy with the offseason and actually been more of a busy offseason than I even thought it would be. I figured there'd be some dead periods where we'd have to kind of fill in with some other stuff there. But, you know, we've just been really busy with the uh, Soto stuff and uh, Blake Snell stuff, speculations and picking off players from the waiver wire. So been quite a busy offseason. Really haven't had t- much time to get into the other cool stuff that I want to give you podcast subscribers. So I figure we'll have story time again. So... You know, you have those games that you remember, the good moments, you know, such as, you know, Jeter's 3,000 hit and, uh, you know, or Jeter's last game at Yankee Stadium, like that. But you also have those games that stick in your mind, just like the brutal losses, the the, the nightmares that still haunt you to this day. And um, I figured that, that that's, there is one of those games, those nightmare games that kind of sticks in my, my mind. Um, it, it was one of the Subway Series at uh, Shea Stadium, again, this way before City Field. Uh, and it was a game that the Yankees lost, but just the way they lost and how fast the wheels just came off, it just kind of still haunts me to this day. I still think about it from time to time. So uh, I remember it was from the early 2000s you know it wasn't the late 90s Yankees but it was kind of early 2000s again when the wheels were starting to come off a little bit on the dynasty and maybe as a precursor turns out it was uh, 2001 so it, it was the night of it was Sunday night June 17th 2001 and of course you know 2001 we all know the Yankees went to the World Series that year and of course we all know what happened in game seven there so maybe this was all a precursor to that so, you know, before I get into the story there, I want to get too far. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you want to get cool stuff like this as well as Yankee history and, of course, current news and reactions and feedback, make sure you subscribe to this podcast now. And, of course, go on YouTube. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Section 420 Talking Yankees. Get that channel as well so you get the video version of the show. Uh, so getting back to this story. So it was at Shea Stadium. It was a Sunday night. Now, to set the stage for this one, it was a three-game series, a weekend series. So the Yankees took the first two games. I believe the first score was 5-4 uh, to four on Friday night night and then the Saturday game I'm assuming it was an afternoon game the Yankees won two to one so two tight ball games now why is that important reason important is that since it was a tight ball game Torrey had to use his A plus relievers in it of course including Mariano Rivera to close it off so what that really kind of did then is almost kind of set the Yankees up to fail a little because by Sunday night Torrey decided to rest all his main guys and they would end up you know biting the Yankees in the backside so I am going to the game with some uh, family members I don't remember the whole situation if we were at a party in the, early in the day and we all went at night. But nevertheless, there was like, you know, six or seven of us. And it was kind of like we had tickets spread all over. So, um, you know, we had like four people here, two people here, one person there, something like that. And the whole idea is that, uh, you know, we parked the car there on the Northern Boulevard. So if you remember the Shea Stadium, if you've ever gone to Shea Stadium, the classic thing to do is you go over to Whitestone. And once you get under the Van Wick there, uh, on, you know, there's a lot of, there's like parking under the highway. I don't know if they'll allow that these days. Right now, if you go to the city field, they kind of make you go to that marina parking lot right now so i don't know if they allow the the free parking under the, under the highway but back in the day you were allowed to do that and the whole idea is all right we're gonna park here we'll go to the game and even if we get split up whatever happens at the end of the day come back to the car we'll meet at the car at northern boulevard and all we'll just go home there so that was the plan so now in the game itself um you know it was um one one in the first inning now it was ted lilly uh, the Yankee lefty versus Rick Reed. Um, so Bernie Williams ended up hitting a home run in the first inning there, put the Yankees up one nothing. The Mets did answer back in the bottom of the first uh, 1-1. But then from there, the Yankees slowly but surely started to chip away at the Mets up to the point where I think by like the fifth or sixth inning, they were up to 5-1. to one. And it was just, you know, the Mets fans were just starting to groan a little bit. Again, they lost the first two games. And this is a year after the Subway Series in 2000 where the Yankees beat them in the World Series. So, you know, at this point, the Yankees have just been stepping on their throat. So you've got to understand this a little 
little bit bitter and chipper and you see see people like you know same old Mets and we stink and all this stuff and you know Mets fans is really down on themselves and of course Yankee fans you know rubbing the salt in the wound there so you know and I, I actually so I looked up now I don't know if it was a Yankee and a Met fan or two Met fans or two Yankee fans but we were kind of on the second level on the upper deck there a fight broke out that, that fight actually went for a couple of minutes there uh, just kind of me- I remember that image of that game so at the point, I think it was around the seventh inning, and I think, you know, this coach was like, all right, you know what, we're a little further away in Queens, you know, the Yankees were up kind of big here, the Yankees won the first two games, it looked like the Mets are kind of just going to throw in the towel this one. Somehow, we all just communicated, let's leave early. So at this point, the Yankees are 5-1, to you felt good about it, even though it was still the seventh inning, but this seemed like the Mets were just laying down, they were pretty much dead the entire game. Um, it was even a game where Ted Lilly picked someone off second base there. I mean, that's how the sloppy the Mets were in this game early on, and their fans were furious. So finally felt we had this one in the bag. So I remember I had one of my cousins with me, and for some reason, I ended up just walking with him to the car, I don't, and we were going to meet everyone else up at the car there. So, you know, we leave our seats, we started walking down the, whatever, the ramp there to get out, and we start hearing cheering, it's like, and it's just like, boom, 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 like left, right, it's just like, big cheering, big cheering, big cheering, big cheering, it's like, what's going on now? You know, this is like an older stadium, so you know, TV's all over the place, or a concession stand you could run to to, hey, what's going on, what's going on? We just assume, I don't know, maybe they got a hit or something, or maybe it's the Yankees doing well, and it's the Yankee fans. Yeah, that's the thing when you go to these Subway Series games. You know, you don't know if it's the Yankee fans cheering or if it's the Mets fans cheering. So it would never fathom in your mind that it was anything like where the Yankees are actually going to blow this lead. We finally get out. Now, we have some Yankee gear on, and we get onto Northern Boulevard, and there's a guy there in a hot dog stand, and apparently he's a Mets fan with the radio. And he kind of just gives us like a, you know, kind of a smirk, say, hey, you guys lost. And like, what, what do you mean we just lost? Again, we just came down the ramp, you know, getting out of there, leaving maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes the most. He's like, yeah, you lost. Like, what What do you mean you lost? Eventually, we meet out with everyone in the car. They're all shaking their heads because they knew what happened. And it's like, we actually lost the game. Turns out the Yankees ended up losing the game uh, by the score of 8-7. to seven. So, apparently what happened, and as I mentioned earlier, that the Yankees didn't have their A-plus relievers available. Torrey decided to go to the, I guess, the, the trash heap you know, part of the, uh, the bullpen. And I guess the combination of Randy Choate, lefty there, as well as Carlos Almazar, who, I guess, I don't know, I don't think he lasted more than two months in the Yankee uniform, uh, apparently blew the game. So, Randy Choate uh, ended up being responsible for four runs, even though two of them were earned. So I guess there were some errors along the way. And then um, Almazar also gave up a couple of runs there, I guess, in the ninth inning uh, for, for the Yankees to completely blow the game. So the Yankees, again, apparently were maybe up at some point, like 7-1, to 7-2, to two, give up six runs in the eighth inning, and then another run there or two in the, in the ninth, and then up blowing the game. So, again, the bullpen ended up yielding like six runs in this game to blow it there. So, again, why this haunts me is this, I, I just remember just walking down that ramp and just hearing all the cheering and just not knowing a little bit, is that, is that for the Yankees or is that for the Mets? And just kind of wondering. And then just remember, that, I remember just getting to that hot dog guy, and, again, he probably saw we had Yankee shirts on, he couldn't wait to tell us that, you know, the Yankees blew the game there, though. So, those are one of the more haunting losses there. I always think about it, even though now, that was that, uh, 24 years ago, scary enough. Uh, so, that's one of the more, more haunting losses there. So, um, and of course, then the Yankees, of course, would go on and lose the World Series that year as well. And just to complete what was, you know, obviously 2001, we had some other stuff too, 9-11, all that. Just not a good year in New York in that regard there, but nevertheless. So, that's the story. Uh, so, you know, maybe, you know, you think about the good times, but also, you know, those nightmares and those bad memories, even a regular season game sometimes sticks with you as well. So, 
uh, that's the game there. So I hope you liked the episode. Make sure you subscribe to get some more cool stories. I'll try to squeeze some more in there. And of course, um, you know, it doesn't look like the Yankees are going to make some major moves. You know, it looks like they're pretty much set with the roster right now. Um, you know, I guess I'll throw in a little news here since I got you all here on the couch. Um, Yankees looks like they've dropped out a few players. This because, you know, they've been collecting a lot of players. So Jeter Downs, who they got to be a utility infielder, looks like they've DFA'd him. As well as um, Oscar Gonzalez. Again, he's the SpongeBob guy they got from uh, the Cleveland Guardians, someone the Yankees picked up. Um, as well as that uh, Bubba Thompson, another, another person the Yankees picked up. He was the guy from the Red System who was you know, supposed to be the base stealer extraordinaire. But I guess, you know, again, the Yankees have been collecting just a lot of different outfielders in. I guess at some point, you know, you can only have so many. So I guess they're starting to cut people, DFA them, stuff like that. And again, these are minor moves that, you know, Cashman might have other alternatives for doing. You, you, you never expect them to actually be with the Major League Club, but maybe compete for some sort of spot there. But nevertheless, uh, again, the Yankees DFAing a few guys there. So uh, they will not be in the Yankees' plans coming in 2024. So catch you next time. Mm-hmm.